Well, you uh, have to have been under a log this week to be able not to know that uh, Steve Jobs died. You do know who Steve Jobs is, don't you? Okay. Um, Steve Jobs um, was a creative genius, and much of the technology that we have that we take for granted today come from his visionary skills and him getting out in front of the competition. They've all followed him. And his uh, death is uh, proclaimed all the way around the world and mourned all the way around the world because he made a difference. He made a difference in his life. Steve Jobs will outlive his life. And that should be our goal as well to make such a difference that we outlive our life uh, in a different way maybe than Steve Jobs did for the Christian. But we want to make a difference. If you know anything about Steve uh, Jobs, he was rather odd, just a different guy. And most people in my life that I've met that have really made difference, they were, they were kind of odd. They didn't run with a the crowd. They were a blue M&M in the pile of red M&Ms. I mean, they were just different. And as we seek to make a difference as a congregation, um, we cannot make that difference in all the areas in the next seven weeks that we're going to talk about making a difference. We cannot make a difference as a church unless we're different people ourselves. And we're going to talk about making a difference here and making a difference there and making a difference over there. But it's got to start with no one can make a difference unless we're different. People who blend in with the crowd, people who go with the flow, people who go with the masses, they don't make a difference. But it's the people who stand against the crowd. It's the people who are a little odd. It's the people that are a little peculiar, at least from a worldly perspective, that end up making a difference. And you can be thinking about people in your life right now that made a difference, and you would have to say they were just a little odd. They were just a little weird. They weren't like everyone else. Now, this cuts at the grain of our carnal nature because as, as people, we like to be fashionable. We like to be in. We like to be going with the crowd. As much as we talk to our kids about not conforming to peer pressure, we do it as adults. And as Christians, friends, the, what you need to know about Christianity, if no preacher has ever been honest enough to be able to tell you, is that Christianity ain't cool. It's not. You can't be fashionable. You can't be cool. You can't be with it and live according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because if you live according to the teachings of Jesus Christ and you really take seriously the teachings of Jesus Christ, you will be one odd nut. At least that's what many of your friends will think of you. I can remember I was a new Christian in Sterling, Illinois, and I was a school teacher there. And one um, paycheck, they paid me about $400 more than they should have because of arrangements of time I'd taken off, and they evidently didn't mark off the time I took off, and they gave me my regular paycheck. And so as, as, a, as a new Christian, obviously, this was a temptation for me. I was going to have 400 bucks I didn't know that I had, or I could live according to the teachings of Jesus. 
And I walked it back over to the finance office and laid it down. And you would have thought that I was from outer space. <laughs> Other pastors have looked at me on this whole apex thing and it's, I just don't get it. Friends, if we're going to make a difference, we've got to be different. And there is no way you can read God's word without saying that Christians are to be very, very different than the pattern of this world. The old King James, Titus chapter 2, calls us peculiar people. If we're going to make a difference as a church, Xenia Nazarenes are mad. If we're going to make a difference as a church, the church cannot make any difference at all the, the, uh, unless because we are the church, unless we individually are making a difference. Because the church is not what you see here. The church is me and the church is you. The Greek word for church in the, in the New Testament is ekklesia. It literally means the called out ones. That's not brick. That's not mortar. That's not wood. That's not lights. That's not projectors. That's us. And if the church, if Xenia Nazarene is going to be different, it falls upon me and falls upon you to be different. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about Amish kind of difference, and I'm not putting those folks down. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being in the world, but not of the world. And that's a, that's a really fine line to walk. And I don't even know if I know how to do it, but it, it's a tightrope to be in the world so I can have influence in the world, but not be of the world, not to have the values of the world, not to be fashionable, not to be able to think like the world. And that's, that, that requires the grace of God. That requires the grace of God. There are many places in Scripture that we can be able to talk about this difference there that we're supposed to make. Matthew 5 is, is just what I've chosen this morning. You have it on the screen up here. This is in the middle of a, a sermon that Jesus preached, his most famous sermon of all, that he said some really, really ridiculous things. He really did. He really did. And, 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 and in that, to these bunch of fishermen, to these bunch of uneducated fishermen, he looked at these uneducated fishermen and said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I'm not sure exactly what kind of metaphor Jesus was going for here on salt and light. You know, you've heard preachers say, well, salt preserves, and it certainly does preserve. You rub, rub salt on meat to be able to preserve it, to make sure that it didn't rot. Salt adds flavor, and, and salt, salt can enhance flavor when you put it on popcorn or when you put it on mashed potatoes or whatever you do. 
But whenever Jesus was going for in this whole salt and light thing, you have to be able to agree with me, at least the lowest common denominator of what Jesus was going for is that salt and light make a difference. You cannot have salt on my mashed potatoes without it making a difference. Salt makes a difference. You cannot throw salt on an icy sidewalk without that salt making a difference. You, you cannot light a light in the darkness without it making a difference. No matter how small that light is, I'm always amazed at the little night light we have in our bathroom. What is that, like a two-watt bulb? But in the middle of the night, wow. I can get to the bathroom without stubbing my toe. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's just a little light. But that little light in the midst of the darkness of 3 a.m. makes a huge difference. What, I, what I'm submitting to you this morning, I don't really know what Jesus was going for on, on salt. Was it that it preserves or was that it, it makes things taste better or was it changes things or that fact that salt and life are just make a difference? They are different things and you can't bring salt out and you can't bring light out unless it's going to make a difference. Friends, as we seek to make a difference in Xenia and beyond, God calls us to live a vastly different life. Unfashionable. I stood yesterday before flag football. We have flag football league out here where we're trying to just be able to, to be in relationship with some people and try to give an opportunity for some people to be on our church grounds and they hear a devotion before every one of their games. And my devotion yesterday was basically I told them that if, 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 if they want to do the most countercultural thing that they could ever do, if they want to do the most radical thing that they could ever do, if they want to do the most, be the biggest rebel that they could ever be, be a Christian. It is the most outlandish, it is the most absolutely countercultural, radical, marching to the beat of a different drummer, taking the road less traveled thing that you could ever, ever do is live your... I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm not talking about joining the church. I'm talking about living your life according to this book. It is the most radical, countercultural thing that you could ever do. You want to stand out? You want to make a name for yourself? You want to be different than the crowd? You don't want to mix in? Love your enemies. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Now, if this world simply did that, how vastly changed it would be. If this world simply treated other people the way we would like to be treated, can you imagine the difference? Jesus, I mean, he says some really weird stuff. I mean, just, just weird stuff. Blessed are you when you are poor in spirit. Blessed are you when, when you, you know your neediness. Now, isn't that countercultural? Blessed are you when you understand your neediness. When you understand you can't go it alone in this world. Wow, that is so radical. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Here's something pretty radical. 
Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you because of me. Friends, you cannot get beyond too many pages in this book to see this is an odd life. This is a completely 180 degrees different way of thinking than the world thinks. And I'm putting to you this morning, if I want to make a difference, if you want to make a difference, if we as Zinia Nazarene want to make a difference, we must be different people. Different people make a difference in this world. But let me read you some other odd things Jesus said. You've heard it said that you, that you uh, shouldn't Thou shalt not murder, but I tell you, if you even look at somebody and call them an idiot, you've committed murder. I thought this guy was, this is tougher than the Old Testament. I thought the New Testament was of love and grace and forgiveness. This is tougher than the Old Testament. You've heard it said that you commit adultery, but I tell you, if you even look at a woman with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery. makes every one of us adulterers. And I stand at the first of that line. Don't, don't, don't swear an oath. I, I, I swear it's true. No, you should be such a person of integrity that your yes is yes and your no is no. You don't have to say, I swear it's true. You don't have to say that because you should be such a person of integrity that you don't have to say that because people know that what you say is yes is yes and no is no. Here's the most ridiculous thing Jesus ever said. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. The word is teleos, perfect. Perfect means complete, being used for what it was intended to be used for. Are you different? Or have you blended in? Have you blended in? If you don't like to be uncool, you might as well leave. You might as well check out now. Or you can just go ahead and continue living a, a halfway Christian life, coming and putting my clothes on. But I've got to be able to admit that people are going to look at me really, really weird if I live according to the book, if I live according to the teachings of Jesus. And it's everything in our nature to want to be normal. It's everything in our nature to want to go with the flow, to be able to go with the crowd. But Jesus calls us to stand apart. Not to look down upon them poor little sinners. But by the grace of God, I'm different. I don't even try to be different. I'm just different. I don't have to be motivated to be different. I'm just different. I don't have to think about being different. I'm just different. I talk different. I walk different because there's been such a change. There's been a revolutionary inside-out change in my life. Those type of people make a difference in this world. Oh, I'm not talking about growing a real long beard and walking in L.A. in a big white robe saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm talking about being in the world, but not of it. After all, salt does no good in the shaker. Salt does no good in the salt truck. 
It's got to be spread out for salt to be able to do any good. For the salt to be able to help my mashed potatoes, it's got to be out of that shaker. For a light to indeed be light, I could be able to light my little nightlight right here in this room, and you couldn't tell any difference because this room is already light. But you make this room pitch dark, and you put the light in the middle of darkness, it'll stand out and make a difference. I'm not talking about being a recluse, and I'm not talking about going and, and living off like a monk. I'm talking about salt getting out of the shaker and salt getting out of the salt truck and, and light being where dark places where indeed it can be light. You just can't get around, friends. The Christians are weird people. You need to buy this book. You need to buy this book by Craig Rochelle. Title it weird because normal isn't working. And this pastor of this very large church in Oklahoma talks about how weird Christians are supposed to be. Ooh, that cuts at me. I don't like to be weird. I want people to think that I'm in. I want people to think I'm in the crowd. I want people to think I'm cool. I'm not sure it's possible. And to be able to live a Christian life with integrity. In this book, he talks about weird ways to be able to use your time, to be able to use your money. My dad used to say, he said, you give me a man's daytimer and you give me a man's wallet and let me look at his daytimer and let me look at his checkbook and how he spends his money and I can tell you a whole lot about that man. A lot in here on sex. How we use our bodies. God cares about keeping yourself pure before marriage. Premarital sex is out of the will of God. But it's so normal. Everybody's doing it. You're weird if you don't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. One of the teens asked Kyle the other day, to go to heaven, do I have to really be committed Christian? What was he saying? What was he saying? Do I have to really be different from my friends? I don't want to be different. I don't want to be odd. I don't want to be weird. What I just did when I laid my tithe check in there is an unbelievably weird thing. Unbelievably weird thing. If the world knew that, my financial advisor thinks is odd. Do you know what you could do with that money, Mark? <laughs> Thinks it's very odd. How odd is it that Chick-fil-A's are closed on Sunday? How odd? How odd of Truett Cathy? How odd? Do you know he can make so much more money? How odd? How, how uncool? How, how, how not with it he is?
This was found on a crypt. You know what a crypt is. It's below a church. There's sometimes, especially in England, people that are buried, bishops that are buried, or priests that are buried down in a, underneath the ground. And death of a bishop in 1000 A.D., he wrote this on his, had this written on his little stone there, little monument. When I was young and free and my imagination had no limits, I dreamed of changing the world. I could probably put there, I dreamed of making a difference. As I grew older and wiser, I discovered the world would not change, so I shortened my sight somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it too seemed immovable. As I grew into my twilight years and one last desperate attempt, I settled for changing only my family, or I could say making a difference in only my family. Those closest to me, but alas, they would have none of it. Now as I lie on my deathbed, I suddenly realize if I only changed myself first, then by example, I would have changed my family. From their inspiration and encouragement, maybe the world, the country, could have been a better place. And if the country was a better place, maybe the world would have been a better place. And it would start with being different with changing myself. There's many people in this church. There's many people in this church that, that make a difference. But they're, they're, they're pretty odd, folks. You do know that. Do you know how odd it is that little Mary Bryson back here goes and visits 18 people every Sunday at a nursing homes in Zen? You know how odd that is? She, she's, she's getting up in age. She should just take it easy, don't you think? That's what the world would say. The world would say, oh, I can't go in those places. They smell, and I, I just I can't deal with all the pain and see all the people in there. I just can't deal with it. I, I just, how odd of Mary. How peculiar of Mary. Do, we, you know, do you know we have one lady in the second service who goes up to people in Walmarts and Kmarts that, that, that she just feels like look need, needy, and she just gives them money and said, I believe the Lord wants me to give this to you. How? What a waste of money. What a frivolous use of money. How weird. She must be a nut fanatic. It's very odd. So, are, so odd that the IRS had to come and talk to them because the money that they give is so large they didn't believe it. That video is going to cross the world. That video was made by the general church. It's going to cross the world. They could not make a video this year because they couldn't get one to top that one. And it's all because of the peculiar nature of Marilyn Dean. Just odd. Different. But they've made a difference. And their lives will outlive them. Now, you know how bad they hate that I showed that, don't you? <laughs> Let me close. First Peter. I think we may have it up here. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you 
as aliens and strangers in this world. <laughs> Do you feel rather like a stranger in this world? If you do, maybe you're on the road less traveling. If you're very comfortable in this world and don't feel like an alien or a stranger to the culture and the values of this world, maybe you're not on that road of difference. I, I felt like such an alien when I saw the other day on Facebook a picture of a homecoming court and I wouldn't allow any daughter of mine to wear any of those short dresses. If that's what you have to wear to be on the homecoming court, she wouldn't have been on it. How odd of me. How odd. How weird. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Oh, Mark, they can't buy any other dresses. All of the dresses are, are that way. I'd get Joanna to make her one. <laughs> and I'd pay twice the amount. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live good li such good lives among the pagans that though they may accuse you of doing wrong, live such different lives among the pagans though they may accuse you of being weird, that they may accuse you of being different, that they may accuse you of being uncool, that they may accuse you of being unfashionable. They will see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I don't know where you are this morning, but I hope you're on the road less travel. I hope you're on the road less travel. Because those people make a difference. And if you're on the road less traveled, it's only because of the grace of God. And if you're not on it, is because we're not laying ourselves before the grace of God and allowing that grace to be able to change us like he wants that grace to change us. So I'm going to open the altar, and I'm not going to... I'm going to do something very odd. I'm not going to have any music. How odd. No one will come if there's no music. If We can't have all those emotions. I don't want anything. I don't want anything but the Spirit of God and the preaching of God's Word to bring you to an altar. If you need to come and talk to him about your differentness, about your unfashionability, if that's even a word, can we stand together? In the quietness of this moment, in this moment that would seem very odd in the world, Do you need to come and pray? Do you need to come and talk to the Father about being different, unfashionable, uncool? Father, in this moment,
who are going to stand and wait. And maybe there's one, maybe there's two that want to come and talk to you about being different, about not blending in, about having, thinking differently and acting differently. So right now, Father, I'd ask that your spirit would move amongst us and prompt any that need to talk to you right now. Father, we have one soul who doesn't care what these other people think, who's willing to step out. I pray you honor her in her quest to be different. Father, take us from this place now and help us as we're aliens and strangers in this world to be able to be in this world to be out of the salt shaker to be able to be light in a dark place but not be of the world to not think like the world to not act like the world to not have the values of the world help us to be different so we as Xenia Nazarenes can make We pray these things in the name of the most odd person that ever lived. The most radical, countercultural person who ever lived. The Lord Jesus.